What's your guilty pleasure? Me? I don't have one. You're listening to Guiltless Pleasures, an unapologetic pop podcast with Bobby Asin. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Guiltless Pleasures. I am your host, and I am going solo today. Yes, this is the one and only Bobby Asin. And today's main topic of this podcast is going to be the Free Britney movement covering the major story that was just unveiled by the New York Times when they presented Framing Britney Spears. Normally, I start out every podcast going over what my current guiltless pleasure is. This week, it's kind of going to be similar, but I'm going to go in the theme of things Britney Spears. I am going to tell you guys my top 10 Britney Spears songs, and I'm going to tell you them in order of my favorites. Number one is going to be I'm a Slave for You. Two would be Stronger. Three would be You Drive Me Crazy, followed by number four, Overprotected. At five, we have Break the Ice. Number six, I put Hold It Against Me. Seven, I have Lucky. Eight, we have the song Alien. Number nine, we have Breathe On Me. And 20 is a tie from the Circus album. It is a tie between Unusual You and Mannequin. Now, that is just my current mood, but I will say that my top two songs never changes. I'm a Slave for You is always my number one, and number two is always Stronger. Stronger is always my my mantra, my life motto kind of song, but I'm a Slave for You, I think, is just pop music gold like it's just not comparable to anything else so I think that I have a pretty good mix of old and new I feel like though my most recent top 10 song being from Britney Jean we kind of skip the glory era and I will say that I was not the biggest fan of the glory era but I also feel like the glory era was not Britney's favorite either and that it was very forced and not necessarily the way that she would have wanted it to go. I thought additionally it would be fun to throw in my favorite unreleased or bonus songs and they would have to be Trouble, which you can hear Trouble in Britney for the record. It is a song that she is recording in the studio, but this song actually had no promo at all and I just love the lyrics, the part that goes I'm a good girl, but I can be bad. You're not quite there. You're not on my level. Trust me, for you, I'm trouble. Trouble. (laughs) I just love that. And I loved also that scene how she's wearing a Playboy necklace stacked with a necklace made of beads from her son with her children's names on it. So I think that's super cute. Love that part of the documentary. And then my other song would be Scary, which... I know was a song that was available in select countries for um, the profits going towards helping in earthquake devastation and it was not available in America but if you find it on YouTube there's a couple different versions you'll find and I think it's really fun it really gives me thoughts of 
or I should say a reminder of what we hear in Kim Petra's Turn Off the Lights, Volume 1 and 2. It's kind of very similar to a pop song, but themed to horror. So I really enjoy that one, and it's always been one of my favorites. I am super excited to discuss Framing Britney Spears. This is available originally on FX and is now streaming on Hulu. And I was so afraid to watch this because there was something on, I don't know if it's Lifetime or Oxygen, where they did a horrible job portraying Britney Spears' life. I think that this documentary was truly what the world needed to see. It really does showcase what conservatorship means, what it is doing to control her life, and by that I mean how her father is controlling her life. I also am a big fan that they started out all the way back from her little days, I should say her time as a little girl, because I think it's really important to show that yes, Britney Spears was on the Mickey Mouse Club, but it was canceled and this kind of meant the end to Britney. And we know that she did finish out high school. She had two years left and she was on the basketball team and different things like that and tried to live a normal life. But something that was not mentioned that I know is that her biggest nightmare was to be stuck in Kentwood, Louisiana, where she would have to be working in a basically a crawfish shed, which just sells crawfish, and that that would be her life because she went from one extreme to another. I think the documentary did a beautiful job showing how her parents both sacrificed a lot to help Britney Spears get her career. We know from stories that were mentioned in the movie that prior to 1998, when Baby One More Time came out, Britney and her mom have been giving out records and copies of singles and different music to many production or producers, I should say, and Jive being one of the last ones who clearly signed Britney Spears because in October of 1998, we had the single Baby One More Time come out. A fun fact is that my mom was one of those people that actually saw Britney Spears perform in the mall trying to get some relevancy and to try to gain some fan base. And I believe at one point she may have even saw her while pregnant with me. So shout out to that. That's a kind of cool moment. Being from Louisiana myself, I have had, I should say the opportunity, I was gonna say the amazing opportunity, but it's not that amazing, the opportunity to go to Kentwood myself here in Kentwood, Louisiana. It is a very, very small town. It's, I can't even describe it. I mean, the only major chain thing you will see there is Sonic. And you can see the beginning of the town and the end of the town all on one street. There's like a big church there. And that's really about it. The houses are very small. The town is kind of run down. There is actually a museum there you can go where it has a cutout of Britney Spears' actual bedroom into the museum. But the museum actually has really, really weird hours, and even when they sit there open, they're not always operating. So 
they also have a phone line that is not connected anymore so it is very rare and hard to get into this museum but if you ever have the opportunity to make the two hour two hour drive i would say from the new orleans area i think it is amazingly or it's amazing because it shows you i should say it's a humbling experience to see where such a big huge sensation came from and to see where this girl had the dreams to be the american dream and to be a pop star and something i loved a story that i didn't know from the documentary was when britney spears had the success from her first album she went back to kentwood and she pulled out some money and made sure that she gave everyone in the town a hundred dollars and i think this really shows the true genuine caring side of britney spears because i think when she became famous people really removed her from being a person and from being a young woman to making her just like oh she's a celebrity and i feel like we do dehumanize many celebrities unfortunately I do appreciate that we finally can see how Justin Timberlake had a negative effect on her life and her career. It has always bothered me that Justin has had success still to this day mentioning Britney Spears. And even when Britney's had feuds with Christina Aguilera or Justin Timberlake, she actually has never participated in commenting on them in a negative way. We even know that Two years ago, at this point, Britney Spears said if she could collaborate with any artist right now, it would be Justin Timberlake, which is shocking from all the things that he has done to her and continuously says about her. We had many times where she was the punchline in his jokes. He still references her in his music. He once accepted an award and said, at least... I'm not some blonde bimbo who lip syncs, different things like that, and it just has gone on way too long. And I'm glad people are recognizing that he isn't the shit they think he is, but he still deserves a lot more than that. To me, their relationship was a private, intimate thing. Yes, they were in the public eye, but for him to go out and interview on a radio show and say, yeah, I fucked Britney Spears. I took to her virginity. If you really cared about someone, that's something special, and I don't think that was needed to be shared. And I also want to say that this was a perfect example of how disgusting society is because all the articles about him, the title that he did an interview on, on a magazine, said, yeah, at least he got on Britney's pants or quote yeah I fucked her why in the world were we promoting that but then tearing down this woman for losing her virginity to a, a boy that she has known for over five years at this point it just blows my mind something though that was not mentioned in the documentary was that Britney Spears actually got married before KFED they don't even acknowledge that she was married twice at all but something I want to point out about Britney Spears' first marriage, which was her Las Vegas marriage, was that at this point, we know, and she has said in interviews, that she had won almost every award. She felt like there was nothing left for her to do besides to get married and to have children. And she decided to go 
and talk again to her high school sweetheart and marry him. And then she realized quickly that she did it just for the idea of being married and to have, you know, the checklist of things you're supposed to have in life. And then obviously, as we know, divorced him 40 hours later. But I do understand when you accomplish so much at a young age, it's hard to figure out where to go next. And I think that was something that would have been important to put in the documentary, but I understand they also want her to seem the most strong. And I do believe that she is a strong person, but I think they wanted to stay away from showing something that may have been considered irresponsible. I really am not a fan of KFED. I think it's fitting that their show was called Chaotic. They had a reality show together because he truly brought chaos to her life. And also two precious jewels, which we know are her children. But you cannot convince me that Kayfed is a good person. Even a video they show in the montage of their relationship, you see Britney Spears say, I think I'm missing out on things like on life. And that is a video that Kayfed had filmed of Britney Spears when she is high and that he later released which I don't see how he would think that's beneficial for him, but I think he was so obsessed with having her be so relevant in the tabloids that it just, I don't know. I just can't stand him. But he does obviously end up helping her to where we currently are, which I'll get to that in a couple minutes. What I want to bring up now is the fact that they interviewed the paparazzi man who photographed her shaving her head and we find out when she actually beat the car down with an umbrella it was this paparazzi man's car and they asked the man do you feel bad or do you feel like there's any blame or and he's like no because if she wanted me to stop she would have told me and I would have stopped there is legitimately a whole montage of her asking them to stop and let me just say to you sir you are one of the biggest assholes if you can justify thinking that you were not part of the problem when i tell you i was sobbing i was legitimately sobbing of the montage of people just invading her space and her saying, I'm scared, I'm scared, please stop, please leave me alone, I'm scared. Going into a restaurant to eat, and then them surrounding her table, filling the whole restaurant, which is paparazzi, is just disgusting, it's dehumanizing. It was like she was an animal and the world was after her downfall, and it is disgusting. At 26 years old, this is when Brittany has lost custody of her children and has begun the battle and eventually gets you know partial visitation different limits because the court has allowed her father to have conservatorship and typically a conservatorship is going to be for someone who is typically elderly and is unable to make any financial decision on their own for a woman who is able to maintain a tour and perform every single night 
it's pretty clear to me that she is functioning well enough to be the voice of her own life. If she is fit to take care of her children, she is fit to be in charge of her own life. I watched the documentary now of Britney for the Record, and it's so apparent that even then, the year of her conservatorship changing to her father, that she is unhappy. And I'm glad that in this documentary, they put the quote from the film, Brainy for the Record, and the quote is, if I wasn't under the restraints that I'm under right now, you know, with the lawyers and doctors and people analyzing me every day and all that kind of stuff, like if that wasn't there, I would feel so liberated and feel like myself. When I tell that way I feel, it's like they hear me, but they're not listening. They're hearing what they want to hear. They're not really listening to what I'm telling them. It's like, it's bad. I'm sad. And I remember watching that and it's chilling. And additionally where she says, in the documentary that her life has no passion, no excitement. It's just like Groundhog Day every day. And I remember watching that documentary originally, Brittany for the record, that is, that I felt devastated for her. I couldn't imagine what she was going through. I just want to point out that all this is a perfect example of if you don't like a celebrity or someone in general, that that is someone's child, someone's parent, possibly someone's sibling. They are more than just something that is in a magazine. They are a real human being and it is so important to stop dehumanizing celebrities or of anyone because if they have more money than you or better looks than you or anything else. It's just, no matter what someone has more than you, they still have emotion. And having more of something doesn't give them the right to not feel anything at all. Instead of covering the entire documentary, which you guys should definitely just watch because it was phenomenal, I want to point out that obviously this conservatorship is still happening it has been denied to revoke her father off of the contract, but we do know that Britney Spears officially has said in court that her educated fans are aware of the situation that she is in and that she will do nothing to further her work career until her father is taken off her conservatorship. So this means no more singing, no more dancing, no more songs, no more residencies, nothing until this is taken care of. And I think the saddest part of this is you see a lawyer who is working on Jamie Spears, who is the name of Britney Spears' dad, say that in all of her time being a lawyer, she has never known anyone to win revoking a conservatorship. And to me, that's the most terrifying part of this. And something that has always bugged me is, or kind of weirded me out, is that this is one of the people that we know is one of the most 
followed in the public eye and to not have people notice this for so long is so scary. It's like no wonder why there's people disappearing for sex human trafficking because even in the public eye, something as crazy as this could be happening where someone's father is controlling their every move, taking their income, making profit and making their own child who is now almost 40 into a robot just for the fact so she can see her children. I do want to point out that recently, due to Kevin Federline putting in a restraining order against her dad, Brittany was able to get more visitation rights with her children without her father being present. Jamie Spears himself broke a door down to beat Brittany's children. If this man is doing this to children, we can only imagine what is happening to Brittany. We know she's had an ex who was part of her team who was drugging her, um, making her do things that she would never want to do. And we do know additionally when Brittany went to court that she did say that her father was drugging her and forcing her to take substances that she did not want to take. And that when she made this post saying that she was going to take a break and stop her Vegas residency for her dad being sick, that her dad was actually never sick, and that she wasn't the one who posted this. That part's not confirmed. But what is confirmed is that she was actually being hospitalized against her will during the time that someone was posting as her. It's just unreal to me. But I really hope this comes, you know, to the right people and that she gets the justice she deserves because what she really deserves is freedom. She's worked almost every day of her life since she was seven years old. And this is a woman who deserves to be free. All right, at this point, we are moving right along to this week's pop culture recap. This week, we are going to start off with the announcement that Paris Hilton is coming out with her very own podcast called This Is Paris on February 22nd. Keep your calendars open because one day, I'm sure she will invite me to be a special guest. I tweeted her last night asking, Whenever you're free, let me know, and I'm ready to record. So, Paris, I know you listen to this as well, because you follow me on Twitter, so you have to know that I'm ready to record my podcast with you, and then, in return, I will indeed be a guest on your podcast. In some surprising news, Ryan Seacrest has actually decided to leave as the host of Ease Live from the Red Carpet, I find this very surprising, but who knows, that man is always doing multiple projects, so I would be interested to see what is actually next for him. I am also glad to see this week that Emma Roberts is back on Instagram before she is 30. She had a cute little post about that, and I cannot believe she is a mom and is almost 30 years old. It's crazy to see how we've watched her grow her entire career into now being a full-time mom. So. Congratulations again to Emma Roberts, and I cannot wait to continue to watch your career, and I'm sure you're going to make the Dirty 30 a great year, 
and I'm sure you'll continue to play high school and college age girls because you actually are truly ageless. And if you want to get in the heated discussion to really piss me off, we can discuss The Bachelor and how horrible Katie is. She is a pick-me contestant. Katie singly has thrown people under the bus not to be a good person, but to get further in the game. I don't think she has any genuine intentions besides wanting to win, not for love, but to win a game, essentially. And I said on Twitter, and I'll say it again, that people that like Katie are the same people who liked Gabriella in High School Musical instead of Sharpay, and it shows. And I swear, if she ends up being the Bachelorette, I don't know how I can go on with this franchise. It just... I can't. And then, to hear who he actually is supposed to pick, I don't want to do any spoilers, but oh my goodness, all the stories of the blatant racism, I just can't. I feel like the show at this point is just about becoming social media famous and becoming an influencer. It has nothing to do with love at all, and it's just, it's getting so difficult to watch. I can't even, ugh, I just, if you want to scroll back and look at last Monday's tweets to see how angry I was, I highly recommend you see so you can understand my emotions. And people on Twitter are asking me, well, Bobby, who is your favorite person on this season? And my answer is no one. There's no one I like. There's no one I want to win. It's just, oh, just a horrible, horrible season. I additionally want to clarify that I am not a fan of Victoria. It's just that she was the only thing that had me going because the rest of the season is lacking. But I do not support her political views i just thought she did make some good tv because it was chaotic and it reminded me of like vh1 or bad girls club vibes okay it is time to move over to bravo because there is so much happening okay i'm going to start out with real oh my god i almost said real whores of orange county whoops real housewives of orange county the season may be over, the reunion may be over, but the drama has not stopped. Kelly Dodd has officially been fired from Real Housewives, and we see on her Instagram bio that she has added that she is a veteran of the Real Housewives of Orange County. All I can say is, good riddance, and I really hope this means that Tamara is coming back to fill the spot. I know Tamara is still friends with Kelly, but I think Tamara is the only person who can come back in and save this franchise, and I really hope she brings Heather along with her because, oof, that will be actual chef's kiss. I just, I need it so bad. I need it, 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 I need it. I need it. All right. A real housewife of Orange County, Shannon Bedore's ex-husband, introduces a new baby to the world. So, that's interesting. All right, moving on. My favorite pop culture topic to bring up is going to be from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Brandy Glanville tweeted, Dear at Army Hammer, you can have my rib cage. heart emoji. How do you just keep getting hotter and hotter? Hashtag let's barbecue. Girl, she wants her diamond back so bad. 
but maybe he'll enjoy her baby back ribs. Who knows? I mean, we're finding out that he's probably actually a real murderer after some reports this week that he became a construction worker where they found multiple dead bodies. Who knows if that's real, but yeah. Good luck, Brandy. That may happen and you might find a prison hubby. Well, moving on, we may not have a new season preview of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and no update of whether or not Vanderpump Rules is going to continue, but we do know that Lisa Vanderpump is officially having her new show called Oversize with Lisa Vanderpump coming to the E! Network where she will be interviewing celebrities such as Cheryl Hines, Iggy Azalea, Lala Kent, Lance Bass, Tori Spelling, Margaret Cho, and this will be premiering pretty soon, actually. We can look forward to seeing it come out on March 18th, which is going to be right around the corner before we may know it. In exciting news, Real Housewives of Miami is supposed to be coming back to Bravo. We know previously in some podcasts, Andy said he has desired to bring this show back, and we do have the word that casting has begun for Real Housewives of Miami on Bravo. We know the potential that some previous cast and a mixture of new cast will be starting production hopefully sometime soon because we know there's no laws in florida to help us not stop filming in a big pandemic i'm just going to say it now i am very disappointed in the recent episodes of real housewives of atlanta this week all we got to hear about was fights over who deserved the better room or who shouldn't have crab cakes because the host only got them cold cuts and i mean if that's all you can focus on for a storyline for an episode that's pretty tragic that is scary because real housewives of atlanta is such a golden franchise and to have to have arguments about cold sandwiches and what size bed you have i'm just i'm so worried for them to me that just screams tanking views and ratings But speaking of tanking views and ratings, I want to go move into Real Housewives of Dallas. I love Real Housewives of Dallas. They are always known to have the least views. I just want to say that I do not appreciate this week's storyline of a dinner saying, who has the worst life? I think it's very inappropriate for Carrie to bring up her daughter's suicide attempt. Her daughter clearly says, even on the show with cameras, that she does not want to talk about her father or her parents' divorce, or anything like that with the cameras there. So I think it is invasive of Carrie to share that storyline, and I think it has to do with the fact that her husband won't be in the show this much this season. We see him once or twice here and there for less than 10 seconds. I think it's a Kanye move where he pulls out from filming because the world said that they seemed toxic together. And I do appreciate Tiffany Moon staying up for herself. I think she did a very, very great job, and... I hope that Carrie and her, me and Tiffany Moon, can get back together and try to become friends and help each other out. But between Carrie and Cameron Westcott and Deandra, they are really getting on my nerves this season. I'm surprisingly shocked that Brandy was the one who brought everyone back together at her very own birthday dinner to say, stop it guys, you guys are just fighting and screaming for a battle that doesn't need to be had. We all have hard lives and things that go on behind the scenes. And I think that was a good reminder to the girls that this is about a celebration and not a moment to spread hate. Sadly, this week has been the last episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. 
I have heard many different things that Mary was not meant to be a full-time housewife, but I'm going to side with Danny Pellegrino, who has his very own podcast, and say that I don't believe that Mary was actually at the last episode to film. I think she probably refused to film with Jen, and they just pieced together some scenes with her at the party wearing an outfit that, I don't know, I just think she filmed a scene with the girls that were not with Jen at a different time to make it look like she was at the party. And I say this because as a housewife, it's part of your job to keep up with confrontation and to have all the housewives minus Mary at the final confrontation just seems a little off-putting for me and makes me believe that she was actually in her closet and that they filmed the oxygen bar scene later and how the girls wear the same outfits when they interacted with her at the building of the beauty lab and just use background music to make it sound like she was at a party. Before I move on, I really do want to give a moment of silence because Lisa was supposed to be on Watch What Happens Live, but due to an unfortunate accident getting nail glue in her eye, she was not able to appear, and we have this official quote. It's just an awful pain, and it looked so swollen. All right, guys, let's give a quick moment of silence for Lisa. All right, moving on. My last Bravo update is about the Southern Charm Part 2 reunion. This episode, Catherine really got to get some justice, I think. I think they did a great job framing it so it looks like she is a victim. And we have her statement against Leva saying that Leva used her as a takedown to bring up her view time and her career on the show Southern Charm. I think it's a very bold move to make against someone, especially when you're already in the hot seat. Madison LaCroix, though. Oh my goodness, this girl is crazy. So we talked about a couple weeks ago, her being with Jay Cutler, who is Kristen Cavallari's husband. And we now know that Madison LaCroix was talking to Alex Rodriguez, who is, sorry, Alex Rodriguez, who is Jennifer Lopez's man. And interesting enough, now Madison says that nothing physical had happened. But from what we've seen at the reunion, I will say it seems to be, I would say maybe nothing physical happened, but I think there's definitely some sexting and things going on because they couldn't be in person together. But who actually knows? This girl is a little wild, but I am not slut shaming her in any way. I think she should bang whoever she wants, but maybe just don't kiss and tell. That's only my own tip going out there for Madison LaCroix. All right, everyone, that is it for this week's episode. Just a reminder to stay guiltless. And of course, free Britney.